Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Monetary Life. This is Robert Fisher, your host. I'm so pleased tonight to welcome my special guest, Mac McKeon. Mac is somebody who I met when I was in Pittsburgh several months ago. And we had such an engaging conversation about a really, really sweet part of Americana that I thought this would be a wonderful time to have him on the show and share some of his interest and knowledge in steam locomotives. Why are steam locomotives so important today? Well, I'll tell you. We live in a time when there is such polarization in this country And I couldn't think of a better time to have a guest on to talk about a part of American culture and history that everyone could embrace and be proud of. That's only one of the reasons that I'm having Mac on. Um, I found that Pittsburgh was a really, really interesting place to visit. And Mac made that visit very, very interesting uh, indeed and recommended some uh, various exhibits to go to, particularly the Heinz Museum, which had an amazing exhibit on uh, prohibition. Uh, So it was always in the back of my mind to have Mac on the show while waiting for him to call in. I hope it's going to be soon. Uh, Let me also tell you another reason why I feel this is a very opportune moment uh, for us to be Uh, for us to be talking um, about steam locomotives. Uh, Let me just see. There seems to be a technical problem here. Let's see if we can't fix it. Um, uh, Let's see. Perhaps he has the wrong number to call in. Uh, Matt just texted me to say he's getting a busy signal. And perhaps he was calling on the wrong number. So hopefully that will be rectified uh, momentarily. Uh, Well, another reason why I thought this was an opportune time to talk about steam locomotives. Uh, In the recent elections that we had uh, in the last few weeks, there was a candidate in the New York area who won on the basis of a socialist platform. And while this is not really a political show, and there is Mac right now, Mac, are you there? I am here, Robert. It's good to hear your voice, my friend. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, and I was uh, just introducing you to our listeners and basically telling our listeners that I thought this was a really opportune time to have you on the show for a couple of reasons. One, you know, there's such polarization going on in this country, and I don't think there's enough celebration of the parts of American history that are really sweet, interesting, and worth shedding some light on, things that we could all embrace, things that could potentially bring us all together. And, Absolutely. You know, also, right. And I was telling our listeners how we met when I was in Pittsburgh several months ago, and we had the most engaging conversation in part <laughs> talking about your interest in steam locomotives. And I always had it in my mind to have you on the show because it's not something that there are, there are too many radio shows about. I think we could both agree on that. And That's probably pretty true. <laughs> right? So I thought, wow, this would be a really great addition to the Monogy Life, uh, you know, uh, uh, assortment of shows that we have, because we have a lot of shows 
on spiritual things, some political shows, a lot of shows oriented towards improving your life. And I can't think of a better way to improve someone's life than to really celebrate this part of Americana. And you were so kind to inform me about, about Team Locomotives, and hope, hopefully I'll learn more tonight in our discussion. So let's kick off the discussion and say, Mac, how did you first get interested in the whole concept of locomotives? Well, you know what? It's, it's funny. I want to qualify for, for your listeners in advance. I'm not claiming to be any type of, of locomotive expert. So anything that I pass along to you or your listeners today is just purely uh, derived from my own pure interest in it. Um, so I just want to make that clarifying point before locomotive uh, aficionados of the world descend upon my email inbox. Well, that's fair um, enough. You are, you are a locomotive enthusiast. Uh, yes, 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 very much so, and a very, a, a very specific type of locomotive, um, uh, steam locomotives, uh, essentially. And well, my interest I, in them. Be- go ahead. You, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Please. Okay, I was gonna say my. I was uh, answering your question. My my interest in them began um, really when I was very young. I was um, I was fascinated by anything that moved, um, and. And steam locomotives really drew my attention because it was more than just, you know, like a car going down the road um, or, or a, a motorcycle or a bike or something like that. There were all these, all these moving parts, these gears and these, and these rods, and it was hissing and making noise, and it was, it was like it was alive. It's like this gigantic monster. And, um, and, and, you know, steam coming out of it, and, and, and it, just, it just looked like this beast. And ever since I was uh, young, I was always fascinated by the fact that something that large could even move. Huh. Interesting. So when was your first actual live encounter with the steam locomotive in, in the flesh? Oh, I would probably say somewhere between uh, six and eight years old. Um, growing up in central Pennsylvania, the central part of the state, we're very close to um, Amish country, Lancaster County, and uh, probably the premier um, locomotive restoration uh, shop and museum in the entire world is located in Lancaster. Um, and it's called the Strasburg Railroad, and it's right next to the uh, Railroad Museum of Pennsylvania. And um, from where I, I'm assuming you're in New York right now, it's probably about a three-hour drive from where you from where you're sitting if you're in New York right now, Robert. Yeah, um, I, I am in New York, and that's not too bad a drive either for our listeners. No, no, it it can be a day trip. Um, and and so they, they the, the Strasburg Railroad is um, uh, it's a it's a privately owned venture. And they are literally the world's foremost experts on on steam locomotives, steam locomotive restoration and maintenance. And um, uh, more than likely, if you've ridden behind a steam locomotive um, uh, anywhere in the United States for sure, um, but even a lot of places in the world, a part or parts of that locomotive have been to, worked on, or uh, fabricated by the shops in Strasbourg. Yeah, that's fascinating. You know, I would venture to speculate that a lot of the people listening to the show have never actually seen a steam locomotive in the flesh because train travel is not really that popular these days. 
No, it's not. Um, unfortunately, well, at least in the United States, it isn't. You know, we know throughout Europe, right. they have a very extensive train system, and unfortunately, Amtrak here in the United States um, is uh, is is not quite up to par with what they have going on in Europe. They're trying. They're trying very hard, and they're. They're making some En-ROADS, but it's extremely expensive. Um, uh, but that's another topic for another show, so you let me know when you want to talk about that. Um, okay. But I'm sure a lot of people have, um, have experienced steam locomotives primarily through television or, or movies. And, um, and that's what, you know, one of the cool things about this place you know, in, in, in Strasbourg is most of the most of the movies and TV shows you see, they've either built the locomotive or again had something to do with the restoration of the locomotive. I mean, it's it's just a world-renowned place. Right now, as part of your um, uh, fascination and attraction to locomotives, is part of that stemming from the historical perspective of what locomotives have meant in, in the move westward in the history of America in commerce? Is that part of the interest that you find in them? Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, you can't deny that America was built. Um, uh, you know, its heyday was was uh, as far as as as, as um, the economy is concerned, and growth was was you know one of the many. I guess there have been a couple heydays, but but the the Industrial Revolution was certainly a big part of what has led America to be what it is now. And and everything moved by way of rail and and the steam locomotive. So, yes, the the steam locomotive obviously played a major part in building America's infrastructure. And that's that's fascinating to me because I'm a I'm a patriot and and a proud American, so, you know, it's it's something that there there I have moments in my life where I I wish I could uh actually go back in time and 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 experience you know the the raw grit of of what things were like back then and there's and there's nothing grittier than a steam train right and so most of the trains today are not are not propelled by steam locomotives are they oh no no you don't i mean there are there are many i mean fortunately for us there are there are a lot of guys like me and uh, and a lot of operations like Strasbourg throughout the United States and really the world um, where they've maintained or operate steam locomotives with with fantastic excursions that you can take and you and it does feel like you've you've gone back in time. Um, there are a couple of operations in Colorado right now that offer fantastic railroading um, straight out of the 1800s. Um, but no, everything today is is powered by uh, diesel electric locomotives or just electric locomotives. Right. So, so obviously part of the appeal is the historical perspective and the role that these steam locomotives played in the development of our country. And, and I think all of our listeners can really take a moment and appreciate that, how important and impactful steam locomotives have been. Um, another part of the appeal, though, is the actual machine itself. And we were talking about that when I was in Pittsburgh, and I have to say it totally fascinated uh, me, but didn't really surprise me because although I don't have much uh, connection to steam locomotives, in fact, I don't think I've ever seen one in the flesh, I have a strong connection to automobiles. And I have sure. a strong connection to my own car. And it has mm -hmm. a certain persona that I could actually feel. And I'm wondering Absolutely. if you feel that way about steam locomotives. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um it's uh it's a well known it's a well known fact amongst uh steam enthusiasts and um 
and uh, locomotive lovers that, that steam locomotives all have their very own personalities. And if you think about it, um, it, it is this, this giant thing made of iron and steel, but it really operates very much um, like, a, like a human being would. I mean, it, it's got veins. Um, the, you know, the, the, the boiler boils steam, and the steam runs through the veins of that locomotive, and much like the blood runs through your system, um, you know, depending on what's going on with, is it, is it clean steam? Is it dirty steam? Is it hot? Is it cold? That affects all the parts around it. So it, it literally reacts to what's going on inside of its own system and functions in different ways, depending on um, even so much as the, the type of coal you use to, to heat the fire to, you know, to, you know, the pressure of the steam or the, the, the consistency of the steam, is it more dense? Is it less dense? Is it, is it heavy with, with, uh, moisture or is it a dry steam? And then, you know, that, that steam is, is pushed through cylinders and is actually used to propel the pistons, you know, back and forth, which turns the driving wheels and, and that is all operated, you know, in this very complex systems of of, of tubes and pipes, and um, and uh, the locomotive engineer and the fireman really have to pay attention to all of these varying aspects of the steam itself and how it's moving through the system. And then on top of that, you've got nuts and bolts and screws and grease. And all kinds of things that if they're not perfectly in tuned with one another, um, the whole system can break down and can cause problems. And each locomotive, because of, of, the, of, of where it was built, the part of country, the type of, the type of um, iron ore that was used to make the you know, different facets of the locomotive can all affect how it reacts. And... Um, and it's it's uh, like I said, it's a kind of a commonly known thing that all steam locomotives are female. You will not talk really? to an engineer that that calls it calls it a male. It's a it's 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 a female, and I don't want to I don't want to come across as as sexist, but they <laughs> they, they it's because it they're they're very as for as for as for as massive and powerful as these as these machines are, they're very tender. And they're very delicate, and they and you have to you have to you know kind of massage them the right way, um, and 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 make sure you're you're turning the levers at the right time and adjusting the valves just so in order to get it to do what you want and operate at maximum efficiency. <laughs> so I, there's no I, real I good way to explain don't... that. <laughs> right. Well, I just hope we don't have too much feedback that. That is going to be outraged that locomotives are not gender neutral. <laughs> In this day and age, you never know, Robert. You never know. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. So it seems as though from your description of these locomotives, it almost sounds to me like they're alive, like they have a certain um, – persona in and of themselves, you know, all these intricate parts that have to be, you know, treated just so, caressed just so, and handled just so for it to work properly. Yeah, it, 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 they have really created their own persona, right? If you do a lot of research um, on this topic, and I hate to keep bringing up Strasbourg, this is not a, a commercial for them, but, um, you know, they're, you know, they're the people I always look to. 
you know, they, they, you can, you can, you can actually find interviews with the president of that, that company where he talks about each locomotive as an, in, as a human being. And, and wow. he's, and he says, Oh, you know, this one, they all get numbers, right? So he'll be, he'll say, you know, like number 31, man, we would, she was just, she hated working. She would not go up and down the tracks. We just, we really needed to, it was just a lot of work. 89, she was our workhorse. You could fire her up and do anything to her and she'd work perfectly every time. She was not temperamental at all, you know, but, but number 90, the same thing, 475. Well, uh, she can, she can, she has good days and bad days. Like you can literally do the same thing two days in a row, but the locomotive is like, nope, not today. (laughs) Wow. So is it typical that they were numbered rather than named? Oh yes, yes. They all got they all got number plates uh initially based on um the the manufacturer and then most of the time railroads themselves would would renumber them. Wow. So in when did the heyday of actual usage for steam locomotives when did that actually end in America? Was it like the 1930s and 1920s, or did it continue after that? It began um, – this is where the, the, the history people will, will, might, might yell at me a little bit. I want to say it was in the early 20s is, is when you really started to see um, a, a shift began to place, all the, um, all, take place, although a lot of – uh, steam locomotives were in use well into the, the late 50s, and in some cases even the early 60s. Um, and and they actually got quite sophisticated with their technology, um, which is which is pretty amazing when you think about. Again, it's just it's just uh, fire and water. Um, but uh, they they got pretty sophisticated and were and were able to have turbochargers and the you know and superheaters and um, different types of articulation that would allow part of the locomotive to turn while the other part stayed you know facing straight or going another direction, which allowed them to to go through tighter curves or move faster into curves and things like that. So. While they were phased out eventually completely, I'd say by the late 50s, early 60s, um, manufacturers still did try to keep keep them up with the technology. So what was the speed range that would be generated by these steam locomotives? What was the range of speed that they were able to um, uh, transport people in? Um, so, you know, most of the time, you know, uh, I would say you weren't you weren't going much faster than you know uh, fifteen to twenty five miles an hour. Um, I, I do know that the the fastest uh, locomotive um, was clocked in at, at something like one hundred and thirty miles an hour or something like that, um, and um, and so they were able to get quite quite speedy, which is uh, which was which is pretty incredible. Um, but generally, passenger service um, on on just short lines was somewhere between 15 and 25 miles per hour. On main lines, you know, uh, like the New York Limited or something like that, you would be looking at, uh, you know, I would I would venture to say somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 70 to 80 miles an hour. Wow. So when these uh, locomotives were in more continuous use, 
how many people were required to maintain the steam locomotive when it was actually being used? Well, during operation, two men could could handle it. Um, there was always a fireman and an engineer, and um, the engineer uh, was in charge of just you know uh, literally operating the whether it was moving, not moving, or uh, you know warning people that it was coming, blowing the whistle, and 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 things of that nature. Um, the responsibility of the fireman uh, was was always a little greater in my opinion and and that was he had to maintain a certain uh steam pressure within the boiler so that the locomotive would actually have steam in order to move and operate and there is a lot of uh aspects to that job that when not done right could cause problems um for instance, you have to maintain uh, a certain water level within the boiler to make sure that the boiler does not run dry, which could cause um, an explosion. And um, and you obviously don't want the locomotive to stop. So that that the there was a lot of responsibility for a fireman to maintain a good fire. Um, and and yes, there is a way. There's good fire and there's bad fire. And and you hear even about it today that you know a really a really efficiently operating steam locomotive won't have any smoke, because the fire has been built in a way that it's extremely efficient. All the energy is being used to heat the water. Whereas if you have a really smoky fire within within the locomotive and you see a lot of smoke coming out of the locomotive, that tends to show you that there's a lot of energy being wasted or released through the smokestack. Right. And I think many people associate their knowledge of steam locomotives from movies and TV. And when I think of a steam locomotive, I think of the smoke coming out, you know, I, sure. in terms of the visuals. Um, so it's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's interesting to point out that you could actually run them without that. And so if it's run properly, it's not a very polluting means of transportation then? Um, you know, that's one I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I can say whether it is or it isn't. In my opinion, it, it, it's not really. Um, it's not offering a ton of exhaust like a, uh, like a truck would or something of that nature. Um, when running efficiently, it's, it's really the only output is steam, which is hot water. Um, I mean, obviously, right. you're dealing with different types of, of fuel sources. They can be oil fired, they can be coal fired, and so you're going to have um, you're going to have obviously um, exhaust in terms of of coal smoke and things like that. Especially when you're first getting them heated or getting them going, um, and they're never not going to be emitting smoke. Um, it's just that's a sign of it running efficiently. So, uh, to me, in my opinion, they're they're not big polluters, but again, I have no scientific evidence to back that up. I'm just, that's purely from my own brain. <laughs> right. So, so um, as, is there any steam locomotive that's actually in practical use today in terms of other than, you know, as a um, sort of a uh, tourist attraction, is there any steam locomotives that are actually in use in America and transporting either cargo or individuals? So uh, there are a few railroads that have steam locomotive programs. Um, Union Pacific is one that uh, that has a steam locomotive program. I can't speak to whether or not they're using it to move freight. Um, 
I, I can tell you, and again, here I am saying Strasbourg, and this is one of the things that they're known for, but they do, they have a freight program at Strasbourg that is revenue generating freight, um, moving, you know, freight cars between the main line and um, the, uh, the small town of Strasbourg where things are then offloaded and trucked elsewhere. And they do use steam locomotives to move that, that freight from time to time. And so that's right. among steam aficionados, that's a big deal that, that there's a steam locomotive using revenue freight. But for, for the most part, um, to my knowledge, there isn't a lot of that, no. So are they reduced to being collectibles at this point? Do people actually collect them? Do they own them? Do they maintain them in their individual portfolios? Some people do. Yes, there are actually individuals who are steam buffs and they they buy steam trains and they buy well they not hold trains necessarily but they'll buy a steam locomotive and and they'll either keep it on display or they'll fix it up or they'll tour it. Like that's that's a thing, believe it or not. Like you own a locomotive and you take it to different railroads um, to to operate it. There are some individuals who do that, but the practicality of such a thing is uh, is uh, not very strong. <laughs> they're they're big. They're expensive to maintain, um, and uh, they're a lot of work. So you it really has to be a labor of love if you're going to do that. Right. Do they come in different colors? I mean, or is it pretty much like a gray? <laughs> you can get you can get any color you want so long as it's black, Robert. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> I get that. But you know, it's such a, even to talk about it conjures up for me the images of the West, you know, Western U.S. and expansion and saloons, right, and gunfights. I don't know. Sure. If, I, don't know <laughs> I don't know if this is what you think of, but as we're talking, these images keep. You know, coming into my mind, maybe I've seen too many westerns. You know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the train coming into town and you know, all those. <laughs> well, that's certainly the the, the truly American uh, image of a steam locomotive is really that like the Wild West, and um, like you see it play you know prominently in in like Back to the Future Three, where they're in the Wild West. Of course, there's a steam locomotive, and and in like Indiana Jones, there's a steam train when they're in the Wild West, and man, countless Westerns, um, Clint Eastwood's, you know, riding trains from time to time. So, and, and, and it's always that classic American-style locomotive that you see in those. But really, they, be, they became quite sexy, if I can use that word, in, um, in, the, in the streamline area of the 40s. Um, they really started paying attention to how steam locomotives looked, and, they, and, and, and designers came in and really made some, some let's call them interesting but fantastic-looking steam engines that you wouldn't even know was a steam engine. They tried to make them look sleek and, and streamlined, and, and there's some really unique uh, pieces of work that, that came out of that era. That's fascinating. So uh, as an aficionado, or at least an enthusiast uh, on steam locomotives, are you in touch with other enthusiasts, too? Do you share stories about this? I am indeed. Um, you know, we're, uh, uh, we're an interesting group of people, um, all walks of life interested in it. But there are definitely Facebook groups available that you can, you can join and look into, lots of message boards online where people keep up on these things. And I'm much more casual um, than, than some people. Some people would, um, you know, they're, they're very, very, very passionate about their steam locomotives, which I, which I think is great. And um, 
and you know, for even a brief period of time in my life, uh, a little under a year, I had uh, the chance to own and operate my own steam locomotive, which was um, it wasn't full size. It was uh, what's called a 24 gauge size, which means the track was only 24 inches apart. Um, so it's it's smaller, but it was a fully functioning steam locomotive, and so I I really got to know my stuff then and and in operating and maintaining that locomotive and um, it was great fun but i met a lot of people through that process and um and uh you know we've all pretty much stayed in touch and everyone's on the same message boards and facebook groups as i said right well i don't think there are too many people who are listening who could say what you just said which i think is really great and you know, I really wish there were more topics that could bring people together in this country like that. You know, who can't feel good about a piece of history like that? You know, uh, or it's it's such a part of the American psyche, you know. So, and you know what? I think they really I really think that they speak to, you know, this deep American spirit of of entrepreneurialism and stick to and ingenuity that I still believe exists today. Everyone's putting it into apps now, but um, to, to think that there was a time when, when somebody said, you know, I think I can, I, can, I can take some fire and I can take some water and I can pull 10 coaches full of people down two sets of rails is pretty insane. Um, yeah. But they made it happen. And they did it efficiently, yeah. you know? And so yeah. that to me is like so American. Yeah, it is. And uh, just as, a, as an aside, um, we only have a few seconds left. But when I was leaving Pittsburgh in the airport and I had a seven in the morning flight through the loudspeakers, <laughs> and it was jammed at seven in the morning on a Sunday, by the way, uh, <laughs> the airport, <laughs> through the loud. They kept saying Pittsburgh is the is the home of American entrepreneurs. I kept repeating that, and I'm like, this is interesting. You know, it's real Americana. Listen, Mac, thank you so much for appearing on Monergy Life and sharing your love and interest in steam locomotives. It's a really, really important part of American history, and I hope our listeners can appreciate it and perhaps learn more about it. Maybe even own a locomotive like you did. Who knows? Right? <laughs> I, I hope that they do. I hope that they do. Thank you so much, Robert. This has been uh, a, a lot of fun. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. And to everyone listening and to you, Mac, have a wonderful evening. Good night. Thank you very much. You too.